Texarkana Talks. This is the podcast where we talk to people we find interesting in the area about topics no that intro. we're all interested in. No intro. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, you want that? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you started it too far ahead. I, I still haven't uh, put the new one in. I got to get Yeah. Miss Darlene's got to put the voice on it. Oh, okay, okay. Right. So Jesse Tillis, Jeff Easterling, and we got a great guest this week. Yes. Introduce, he, he's been I, doing these wrestling things. So oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got to give yeah, you yeah, your, yeah, your yeah, wrestling. Yeah. Man. yeah. Jesse's been trying to be a... What is it called? What is it the finest? What is it? Texarkana, Arkansas's finest. The boy in blue. <laughs> Les Munn. Oh, I like that. <laughs> well, I like that. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's a little okay. And well, I got I got on Facebook not long ago and said I need a walk up song. So oh, I a walk up go. song for this to go with your wrestling inter- introduction yeah. here. There you go. Yeah. So Les Mon, we we all know Les. I've been knowing Les many many years, mm-hmm. and um, he has always been very active in the community. Of course, law enforcement. He's a police yeah. officer, mm-hmm. but uh, but be, beyond that, he's always been very involved in the community. Um, Active. All of these different non you'll see him with a finger in just about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I saw something last week, Les, where you were sharing some stories from, from the job. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Humanizing the Badge had picked that up and, and shared it. That's correct. Oh, yeah. Te- That's correct. Tell us a little bit about that particular post you made. Well, I've been in this job for 24 years, actually, uh, and I've been. In, this is my anniversary month here in Texarkana. I came over in 2003, and when I took this job on years ago, I knew I wasn't getting in this for money. I wasn't getting mm-hmm. in this to, you know, have a big fancy house up on the hill or anything like that. Uh, and you get into public service, there's not a lot of money involved. I mean, you're you're paid by the citizens' taxes, and you're. It's just kind of one of those things, it is what it is. And I knew that coming into this, but I had dedicated myself to the very beginning, regardless of where this went, that I was going to see it through to retirement and I was going to give my all. And I know sometimes that, you know, could possibly mean sacrificing your own life if you're put in the right circumstances. And that, you've you know, been in those dangerous situations. I've been in a lot of dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that I found myself in those situations a lot of times is when I hear things on the radio, I don't hesitate to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not be my call. It may not be my area, but I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's a situation that I know, you know, strategically that I can go put myself in the middle of, I go put myself in the middle of it. And by doing that, I try to have the best outcome possible. I go into it with mm-hmm. a positive mindset that we're going to try to have the best outcome possible for everybody involved in this situation, whatever it may be, whatever that call is. And, uh, you know, over the years, I have been in a lot. And I think last week it was one of those deals where I'm approaching my 45th birthday. I've got about four years left of retirement. And a lot lately has just kind of been weighing on me, I guess. You know, I start to – a lot of times I don't hesitate to share my feelings and my thoughts or things going on out there on on social media. I read some of the things, and it's just – it's chilling – Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things you write, but I, in a sense, I've been thinking that this has got to be somewhat therapeutic for you. I want 
because you're the sharing world. the real the real story. The thing that I get frustrated on when I watch the media, and not mm-hmm. I'm, no offense to you guys, but this whole defund the police movement that's been going on the last few years, everything mm-hmm. bad that happens with law enforcement gets a shotgun effect to it, in my opinion. We're, we're kind of anti-media, by the way. Yeah, I, I get that. They canceled us in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, with, with that shotgun effect, it puts a lot of us that – are trying to do the right thing always and are trying to put our best foot forward out there in a bad light. Because once it's like one bad apple ruins the whole batch, there you go. right? And you're just like, well, it's not all, let's just pick it's out not. all of them because they, they haven't reached and touched all the other That's apples. Right. Yeah, I'm just going to say defund the police it's is not. stupid. That's just the whole dumbest thing I ever heard. Yeah, but to get, to get to my point, the emotions of all of that builds up when you start to think about all the things that I've been involved in over yeah. the years. And it's not just me. I mean, it's, it's every officer out there. And that's the way I read it. I thought, you know how many yes. of these men and women yes. are feeling the same thing. Yeah. Oh, every mm-hmm. If you wear this badge longer than five years, you're going to experience those things. You're going to find yourself in a situation where you're feeling the weight of that situation, of that family, mm-hmm. those people you were dealing with, the victims. And after tw- almost 24, 25 years coming up on, there's a lot of those. I mean, the ones you saw in that social media post was just just a few to skim, mm. you just skim through. I, I could go through a whole lot more than that. I mean, I probably could sit down and write a book for you on those things. And But I want people to realize that the job that we are doing out there from a law enforcement perspective is not what we're being portrayed as in the media. Do These you guys feel, carry a lot of weight. Listen, here's – oh, I'm sorry. Go I was going to say, do you feel there's a disconnection when people say defund the police and where you're coming at? Do you feel like like there's some disconnection from the common person to the law enforcement? I do, and that's why I share as much as I do. I want people you to wanna see. You want to bridge that gap. I want to see, yes. I want them to see and understand that it's not all that way. And every person that I run into, I try to have a positive impact with. Even if it's in a negative situation, I want to walk away from that situation when we're done, being able to look that person in the eye and feel like I gave them my best effort to resolve whatever we're dealing with. I've been there when when somebody has come up and talked to Les, Mm -hmm. and he had arrested them sometime Mm -hmm. back, and and now they have this respect for it. And and I don't mean to be putting you – you know, trying to embarrass you or nothing, but the thing that stands out to me in a lot of your posts is at the end, you could be like, you know, oh, this, you know, he spit in my face, he did this, he shot at me, whatever. But it's like you have, you, like you have empathy for them. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not coming away. I guess, gosh, you take home the terror that you see the horror but it seems to me in some of the posts that you make that the empathy you know what about them now what about their family now that those things seem to weigh on you a little bit more is that is that accurate that's very accurate um anytime that you can improve someone's life you know, we're, any one of us is a split second bad decision away from being that person. That's true. Whether it be me or, I mean, even wearing that badge. If I didn't have that badge, I could be in those shoes. I could have a bad day and make a bad decision. Next thing you know, I'm on the other side of that situation just like they are. And I take that into consideration. We're all human and we're going to make mistakes. All right. The thing you've got to do is try to take that situation and minimize it from what it is. In other words, when I say minimize it, Stop it from getting any worse than what it is. Okay, de-escalating. It, it, yes, we got to, not just de-escalating, but don't let it 
filter out and cause more pain. Don't mm. let it bother more people. Nip it in the bud. There you go. Let's stop it right here. Yeah, okay? Address it for what it is, too. Exactly. Because a lot of times, mm. you know, families may, well, we just won't talk about that. And, we, and that's not doing anybody. That doesn't any help good. anything. It still festers. It still brews. Yes. That's true. But when I leave that person on scene, whether I arrest them or not, and I, I want to feel like I've done everything that the law allows me to do, and as a human being, I've done everything to try to keep their respect if they'll allow that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's not always the case. Now, sometimes people just, they're angry, they're frustrated, and no matter what I say or do, I'm not going to be able to help them. And, I, and I've learned you know, that. I've learned that hard the hard way. There was a story that a friend of mine was sharing about like something you did and was like, the person she was with was so like he knew a lot of law enforcement so he got it he pretty much always got away but even though you may have known him you saw the situation and she said you couldn't do much but it was enough where he knew he couldn't just get away and it just led into where she can get free and that was like really surprising me like wow you know she she was so impacted by what you did because you just saw it you know, you weren't like, oh, I know you, I know your daddy. You were like, no, this situation's wrong. Yep. I've never tried to play favorites or, mm-hmm. or politics. Uh, you know, a lot of times we try to base our decisions on not only what happened, what does the law allow me based on what happened, but is this person really going to, are we going to be able to stop right here? Is this going to be the end of it? Mm-hmm. You know, to where both parties or all parties, whoever's involved in mm-hmm. whatever we're dealing with, can walk away from this and we're done with it. You know, that's that's your ultimate goal when you're out here dealing with people is to give them the opportunity to save face. I'm not here to embarrass anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to disrespect anybody. I'm here to stop whatever is going on. And it's usually emotional attachment, almost always. There's almost always an emotional involvement. It's not that somebody just made a mistake. It's they're emotionally attached to someone else involved in the situation that we're dealing with. So when emotions get involved, either they have a hard time letting go, they have a hard time uh, walking away from it, or you know, taking their emotions out of the situation. You know, We try to do that. We try to go into it with no emotions, but I'll be honest, we're human. There's gonna be emotions involved to some degree. And a lot of times we're good about compartmentalizing those and putting them somewhere else until we're done with the situation. But that goes back to where that post comes from, it's still there. It yeah. still carries with you. I, I wouldn't, you, you know, you say some of those things, you know, hit those buttons. Uh, when you guys are dealing with, like, these child abuse cases or something like that, that'd be my button. You know, I just, uh, uh, some of these things. And I know that you do your best to try to be as professional as, as possible, but I think I know your heart a little bit. And I'll, I'll tell you why, Jesse. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. This has been a number of years ago but you know daryl the magician yeah the amazing daryl daryl the magnificent Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't know what he calls himself but he was doing a show for a little girl cancer Mm -hmm. she had cancer it's gonna be her last birthday and she was big into the pound puppies and i could not find a pound but so i just made a little facebook post this guy right here he calls me and he's got like this pound puppy that he had he had all the pound puppies man he was like here and i was like here's some money nope don't want your money. Don't. I ain't gonna take it. Take these pound puppies and make sure that little girl has a good birthday. And wow. it's just out of the blue, you know. And, and, and I'm sorry to put you on the spot because no, I know you, you. But he does these things all the time. And, and so that kind of leads into uh, talking about the heart of the man here in front mm-hmm. of us. Uh, you wanted to talk about Brody. Oh yeah, yeah, your son, right? 
That's okay. my boy. That, that's that's yeah. a great story. That's my boy. I, it's very interesting. You want to explain it? Like I see, I see the Facebook post. I'm like, wow, that's so different. Brody, like, so Brody has such a coot man. He gets to turn on all the sirens and lights. He gets to ride on Wilson. And I will tell you this. I'm going to try to keep my emotions in check while we talk about this. But uh, Brody just had his 10th birthday oh, wow. in February. And uh, we adopted him at birth. And my wife and I went into that situation. Uh, we couldn't have kids. We tried for several years. And I tried to think of how long we were married before we had him. We were married about six years, seven years, six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'd went through a lot of medical procedures and in vitro and all this kind of stuff and had never uh, been able to, to get pregnant. Uh, she had some problems. She, we both knew going in the chances of her getting pregnant were slim uh, due to some previous medical issues that she had had. But um, so we started this whole adoption thing and we just took our mindset that we would look at fostering, look at adopting, mm-hmm. looking at other options. And. And I will say this, going back to what you were saying about the pound puppies, I'm going to kind of roll this all into one, but my mindset has always been when it comes to anything, and my grandfather taught me this at a very young age, is anytime there's a situation that you can improve, why do you turn your back and walk away from it? It can be something as simple as picking up a piece of trash off the ground that somebody Mm -hmm. left or something as simple as helping the young man whose vehicle broke down, who was in a wheelchair, and bedridden get a new medical van that facebook came to me you know and saved me with that situation and we were able to buy him a new medical van and get him back on the road you know when he was stranded here in texas yep i remember uh Did that know, hurt? i mean do you ever feel like you going so out your way helping that, people? that was before we killed cheers and jeers oh but, was that yeah. right before that yeah. but, do you feel like that could drain you when you're being so it helpful. It does emotionally drain you. There's days that I'll sit in my chair at home and just bawl my eyes out. How do you handle it? You just get up the next day and go put your foot forth, well, well, that's, your best foot forward and try and to help just, the next person. You just pay it forward every day. Every would day. You, you have to. Would you say, and, and listen, I want, I'm going to go out here, uh, you know, I, I don't know all of them, but but of the officers I do know here in Texarkana, he's the epitome. I mean, they're all, we've got good men and women here. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of this stuff like you see in other cities and mm-hmm. whatnot. You don't you don't have those type of issues here because of the training that our men and women go through. First up, first and foremost. But mm-hmm. I just want to put that out there. But Brody, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, not trying to get off track here. Yeah, he um, Brody, he. Uh, I, I see the pictures that he posts of his, mm-hmm. and he's always doing the coolest stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted you. Before we get out of here, I'm going to make a note right here. This will be okay. one of the last things we talk about. But Brody had a birthday. Mm-hmm. A- and I was out of town for the fights. Yeah. But there's a new business in town. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll teach you guys on that here in just a second. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll, them in for that. Uh, so going back to that story mm-hmm. and being in law enforcement, um, I'm not going to get the real detailed version of this, but I'm going to hit the highlights of kind of what happened here. Okay. So we looked into adopting and a young lady that I had had a lot of dealings with on the streets and she had helped me out with some things. I'd helped her out with some things and she was in a rough spot. And it's not the other. She had a child that she needed to give up for adoption. She knew that she wasn't able to take care of him. It's not the other, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't able to raise him. And uh, so she came to me, and of course we said yes right off the bat, no questions asked. Uh, started helping her with you know what little money we could. I mean, here I am, I'm public service. I don't have a lot of money, you know. Mm-hmm. And moving things forward, what you find out about a lot of these adoption cases is these adoption companies will make a lot of promises about if you come to us, 
then we'll give you lots of money. We'll give you this. We'll pay you oh. 20 grand. We'll pay you 30 grand. We'll cover all your medical bills and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Because there are people out there that have a lot of money that are willing to give that money to the adoption companies to help mm-hmm. move the situation and along. Grease the yeah. wheels, so mm-hmm. to speak. Make, make the adoptive mother's situation much better, you know, living yeah. condition. And I get that. I mean, I'm not that guy. I didn't have that money. didn't have that situation. But so anyway, to shorten that, after several months, she backed out on us. Mm-hmm. And uh, she found a better avenue to go for her adoption, and, and my wife was all in. So it, it was a pretty rough uh, ordeal having to, you know, watch her go through that and understand that we were not going to be able to adopt that little girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, so months go by, and well, I guess it's maybe a year ago, but I don't really remember the time frame on this. Uh, this person that I was referring to, and I had had a lot of street dealings. I mean, I'd. Mm-hmm gotten that person in a bunch of situations and gotten them out of some situations where they helped me with some other situations and that kind of thing. Just always trying to put a bit forward kind of deal with helping them out. So after that, I was burned. I said, okay, this person never calls me over to think I'm never going to answer the phone again. I'm never going to have anything else to do with them. Mm-hmm. Months and months and months go by. And I can remember, uh, and I know exactly where I was at. I was on a state line crossing 7th Street, going northbound in my mm-hmm. police unit, and I looked down on my phone, and it was her number. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to answer this phone call. And I waited a couple of rings, and I said, okay, I just can't do that. I'm going to answer this phone call. So I answered the phone call, and the first thing she said out of her mouth is, don't hang up, just listen to me. And uh, so we get into a conversation, and she starts telling me she's got a friend that mm-hmm. – is uh, about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. She's in a bad situation. She needs to give that child up for adoption. And she's looking for birth parents. She doesn't want to use an adoption agency. And she said, as soon as I heard this, she asked me how I did. I said, no, you don't want to do the adoption agency. She said, I know this couple that you have to talk to. And she convinced her to do that. So we met at Olive Garden on a Sunday. <clears throat> and about three-hour conversation, four-hour conversation ensued. And, but you know, my wife and I knew going in there, if she wanted us to adopt that baby, we were going to adopt that baby, no questions asked. I didn't care what she said. Mm-hmm. We didn't care about medical problems. We didn't care about nothing. I didn't care about race. I didn't care about mm-hmm. if it was a boy, if it was a girl, none of that crap. And uh, so we go in, we sit down and talk to her, and she's Hispanic. Mm-hmm. And she tells me that the father's African-American. I said, I don't care. I said, if you want us to take this baby and raise it, we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. So after a four-hour conversation, we come to that agreement. And at the end of the conversation, she tells us, oh, by the way, I'm doing three weeks well, <laughs> if you know anything about kids, you need a little more than three weeks to get prepared for this situation. So after the first situation didn't work out for us, we moved from a 2,000-square-foot house into a 900-square-foot house because we didn't need all that extra room. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're, we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> Now you need that extra room. <laughs> so... Uh, now we're talking about what are we going to do? We got mm-hmm. three weeks to we got to do something. So there's no way we could get get out of that house in three weeks. So we went into scramble mode. Luckily, uh, our church was a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. We were members at Trinity Baptist Church, and they okay. came through and helped us out with uh, the baby shower and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so February 28th rolls around. It's time to do the deal, and we rolled up that early in the morning. My wife went back with her when she had the delivery of the baby, and 48 hours later, when they let us, we brought him home. And uh, the she signed the papers. The biological father come in and signed the paperwork, and we brought Brody home. And uh, he's been my boy ever since. That's Brody wow. Munn right there. Wow, that's wow. so. You talk about all those things that 
we get him to do. That's because I want him to have the best of everything. Man, I he can't he, give him the money, the materialistic things that a lot of people can. And that but ain't important. I know, but I can give him the experiences. You come in here and you told me a lesson that your granddaddy taught That's you. Right. you. You know what I mean? That money don't mean nothing, man. I, That's right. I, you know, people have asked, just to be clear, I have no money nowhere. I'm, I am too old to have money now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I was to win a lottery, I'd... I'd I didn't probably, give it all away. Yeah, I would. I would find people that needed it and give it away. I'd, I'd I've get, always told myself. Well, I'd that. get a new belt. I need a new belt, and then, uh, <laughs> and then I'd probably, you know, pay my kids' debts off. But then yeah. I'd give it away. Yeah, yep. that's exactly what I'd do. Yep. But man, yeah, the but, story about how y'all came about, Brody. But then raising him, you know, it's the been that, the best experience of my life. But there's a lot more to it that a lot of people don't know. But Brody had a lot of medical issues mm-hmm. early in life. Uh, we spent a lot of days at Children's Hospital. Saw that. And uh, those guys were a blessing. If you ever have an issue and you listen to this and your kid's got a problem you can't understand, Children's Arkansas Children's Hospital is where you need to be. Was uh, that in Little Rock? That is in, yes. Yeah, that's in That was Rock. a great, a, amazing I've experience. I've heard about Children's is really yes. good. Yes. Yeah, they spent a good time back and forth for a little while. And uh, so we did the medical stuff. I mean, he still does have some issues. But mm-hmm. what, what I figured out real quick is he's extremely intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, at four years old, and I love telling him about this. Uh, we were I had I took him to Pride. You know, I'm mm-hmm. involved with our Pride program. So mm-hmm. when he got old enough to walk, I was making him go to Pride with me every year when that happened. But when he was four years old, we had a bunch of Pride kids, and we're moving over to a service learning project. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget he's sitting in the back of the truck with about six kids, and he starts telling them about the stars and the planets. He names off every planet. He gets into dwarf planets. He starts talking about the moons four? around dwarf. I know he's four. He's four. He's four talking about the dwarf planet. Yes. How does he feel about? I did not know what the dwarf planet was. <laughs> you didn't know about the extra planets outside the solar system. I did not know about any of this. Stuff. And he's this four. Is, he's four. Knowing this, and he's making a compelling argument of why Pluto can't no longer be a planet. That's what I was going to ask. How does he feel on Pluto? Oh, yeah, he's like, mad. Pluto should be a planet. They yeah, should have never took his planet status away from it. Yeah, they tried to d- d- write it off as a moon uh-huh. or a dwarf. So, yeah. yeah, and then he's talking about the sizes of these these moons and the way they they They're orbit rotating. and things okay. like that. And it, I'm, I'm sitting here looking back and I'm just baffled. Well, we'll fast forward to ten years old. Mm-hmm. He's into computers big time. I mean, he's he's into coding and all that kind of stuff. He's wow. ten. That's awesome. But wow. he's also he studies atlases, hmm. and I mean, like to the degree where he can tell you what the capital of countries are in Europe. He's He can tell you their flags, their gross domestic product per year. And so he's <laughs> in, yeah, incredible. he's into collecting flags right Whoa. now of other countries. So when, when are you going to have his IQ tested? Well, yeah, we that's a, his star test, the stuff that they do at, at school level has got him on a seventh and eighth grade level of everything. He's only in the fourth grade. Wow. But we went into, I love telling this story. We went into a flag store. I didn't know they made flag stores until he told me what they were at. Yeah. And he Googled looking up. We had to go find one. And he wanted to buy all these different flags to put up in his room and this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And uh, so we get into, he walks over and there's a flag there and he's looking at this thing and this woman's in there talking about this and that and other. And he brings her the Portuguese flag mm-hmm. from Portugal and tells her that that's not the current flag. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, this is the pre, I don't remember, pre-Civil War or something that, where they had this He knows deal. the history? <laughs> yes. Hold on a minute. Wait a minute. Um, um, oh, gosh, what's that show? Big Bang Theory. Did you mm-hmm. ever watch that show on TV? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, the, the kid Sheldon? Yeah. yeah. He was in the flags. Yes. Yeah. Uh-oh. 
I don't know. <laughs> I hope he's not got that same temperament as he does. But, <laughs> but I like to have You're going to end up with a that. physicist. I don't know what I got on my hands, but I'm, I'm encouraging him in every way. Sounds you know, like genius to, level, a little bit higher I mean, than intelligent. Like that is else. some incredible thing. He is something else. And uh, as we speak, his mom is on the way to Best Buy with him to buy a different type of computer monitor for some kind of system thing that he's got set up because the one he had wasn't enough or something. So I don't know. But, you know, it's just... <laughs> Wow. It's over my head, but that's, but that's, can, that's a great story. And I mean, and you guys have given him that opportunity to flourish the way yeah. he does, and, and and you work real hard to continue that. So well, I know uh, big kudos. We, we we're not going to talk about too much about politics, but mm-hmm. and and to go back to showing you talking about his genius level and how he thinks in mm-hmm. his mind. Before President Trump left office, mm-hmm. when President Trump started his reelection campaign, mm-hmm. understand I influence him in no way. Okay. I have no say of what he does. With, I don't tell him this is what person that I'm going to vote for or vote for. I don't get any of that. He watches the news on his own. He, and, and you've already explained he's the kind that will study up. That's And he does. And he does way more than I realize. So he takes it upon himself one day to write a letter to President Trump and put a $5 bill in that envelope and send it to him for his reelection campaign. I, I didn't know he'd done this. So... Two weeks before it's post-election, he's already lost the election. Mm-hmm. Two weeks before Biden takes office and before he's going to come out, he gets a large envelope in the mail address from the White House. And you can go on my Facebook. There's pictures of it on there. And President Trump wrote him a letter back, thanking him for being an amazing citizen, sending him his $5 back, telling him that he could not accept that because of the way the campaign laws or something are set mm-hmm. up and this, that, and other. And gave him a signed picture. And, I mean, just it was just something else wow. to see. I never knew he wrote the president. I mean, that just blew my mind. Wait, he knew the mail system? <laughs> the only thing I found out later was he asked my mother-in-law for a stamp. You're dealing with a little genius, man. Yeah, I got to watch him. That sounds yeah. like a genius. I got to watch him. You're going to end up with a particle accelerator in the backyard. If, <laughs> get, if he figures out time travel, I'll yeah. bring you guys over. We, we'll him. do a podcast right there with him. Get, get him a big box of Legos. No telling where you'll well, end up. He's all about that, too. <laughs> He's, uh, he's got hundreds and thousands of Legos in his room. He builds stuff all the time. So very creative brain. Yes. There's no telling yes. where that boy is going to go. Would you, you just stay stay on top of him? Don't but, let him get bored. That's what well, happened. That, to that's them. what I've heard. Seems from time like to time he's again. gonna. He knows how to keep himself busy. He'll just he find something that. else and conquer yes. that. Yes, and uh, he's he's a little bit into sports, but he's in. Out of all the sports he's into, take a guess which one is his favorite. Esports. Thinking about, but but <laughs> I, which I one is a thinking man's game? Chess. Baseball. Oh. You got to think to play baseball? Baseball's a thinking man's game. <laughs> because it's, it's so drastic a different position. Yes. Yeah, no, I get the you. The positioning? Because you're, you're, he, he you're in stagnant positions. You don't move all the time. Right. Like yeah, well, you, the, and the, you try to load your bases and the, get more running. Yeah, the pitching, it. the catching, the mm-hmm. way the catchers work behind the plate. He studies that. The strategy of it, yeah. He's all about it and how the catcher moves his glove to a certain place so that the pitcher knows how to hit it in certain areas and all this and knowing which batter's going where. I mean, it's just – it's amazing the way we watch him. Yeah. He's a bright wow. kid. All right, so uh, wow. moving on here, I mean, there's because there's a lot to Les Mon. Um a little bit about the the side thing because it is still a, kind of a side thing. You're, you're involved, but um, – the renovations and revitalizations uh, of downtown Texas, not just Arkansas, but Texas too. You've kind of really become an advocate uh, of doing, uh, of everybody getting involved, and you're 
kind of leading by example? We came to, and that's exactly what this is. You hit it almost nail on the head. Uh, it's kind of a long story, but I'm going to make a short version out of it. But I came to Texas Canada in 03. I'm from Magnolia, Arkansas, originally. Born okay. and raised over there. Isn't that where you're from, too, Jeff? No, I'm from right here. Uh, Mandeville? Well, Mandeville. Okay, Magnolia. I get Magnolia, about an hour east of here. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, at Southern Arkansas University. Mm, okay. okay I so I grew up over there. My dad still lives over there. My sister still lives over there, but... Um, I got into law enforcement over there, and but I wanted to move somewhere where there was somewhere bigger. So I came to Texarkana because when I was a kid, you come to Texarkana in the 90s, you had Quadrangle Festival, you mm-hmm. had Jump, Jive, and Jam. I would drive over here to see concerts, to see artists. Mm-hmm. You know, Man, I'm ready for us to do a burger cook-off contest mm-hmm. here. Well, that's another podcast. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get to all that. There's some mm-hmm. things in the works. Yeah, but, I know. Uh, oh, you know what? We can talk about it right now, though, because uh, it's this week. It'll happen Thursday. Which one? We got the carnival coming this yeah, week. Carnival is rolling in this oh, week. That's true. I'll that's get true. with Miss Rayleigh and, yeah, and yeah. Let do a her. podcast or yeah, Facebook yeah. on that. Yeah, well, because Miss Rayleigh, y'all, y'all come at her with all this. We got this. We got this. And then she's got to organize it. Yep, she does so, a great job. Mm-hmm. In that. So I just yes, go straight to her. <laughs> and I'm glad you do because it takes another. That's another phone call that, that she keeps wearing me out. But my she, phone blows up constantly from the time I get up in the morning. Yeah, having a, a, a festival this uh, this week. Yeah, I saw down, downtown. Here, well, it's yeah. spring break Arkansas and spring break Texas, so why not do something for these kids this week? Oh, is it right in the middle? Mm-hmm. Mm, that's yeah. right. That's right. So that that'll be uh, that'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, so is. we go back to 2003. So I moved over here uh, after my grandfather passed away. Uh, I moved, stayed in Magnolia long enough. He had cancer. Once he passed away, then I mm-hmm. said, "Okay, now it's time to jet. It's time to go find life somewhere else." So I came to Texarkana, mm-hmm. and the thing that struck me the most is working out of the by state i would drive to work every day drive through the downtown area and all these abandoned buildings mm-hmm. everything down here is dead it's open nothing going on you got mm-hmm. tlc and eventually zapatas came in mm-hmm. uh that was nice but it's just like nothing nothing ever going on so i'm gonna fast forward to 2011 2012 i got attached to our and for you, all those years because we're jumping ahead yes. i just want to say that for for real on the texas side pecan point pro yeah. Arkansas side, you had Hopkins and Zapatas. Zapatas. That was it. Yeah. And Ronas came in. Other yeah. than that, you didn't have a whole lot. Ronas came in and out, didn't they? Or Via Roma? Via Roma is what you're thinking. Via Roma was there, and then they went away. Yeah, but they Ver- came, now yeah Verona, they've been down there a couple years now. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. so we're gonna. I got attached to our special operations unit. And uh, doing a special operations unit, I'm involved in everything that goes on in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything that's an event-wise that requires law enforcement presence, it's going to be a long period of involvement you're there rodeo fair all all these big huge so i go to these meetings and i'm involved in the meeting from a security standpoint but i'm hearing the things that are going on and the way the monies are being spent this and And you can see over time we lost rail fest we've lost some other things and i I got frustrated and i was like why can't we do more with what we got we're right on i-49 we're right on i-30 he just tickled another bone on me the very first rail fest jesse Mm mm-hmm we uh, company I was with, we did this thing out here I was and there. brought in Easton Corbin. Yep. Oh, was, yeah, yeah, you were I there. I worked that. That's right. You were here. Yeah. I took the pictures. He's coming back. Oh, is it? We'll put him inside cross ties. April, oh, that's going to be April awesome. 1st, yeah. I think that's cool to yeah. come from mm-hmm. the field out back to doing to it inside the venue. I know, because yeah. when he was here the last time, this was the furniture store. Yeah, yeah this thought, was still. Who yep, would have ever thought he would be playing inside the building? Yeah. You know? So that's going to be April 1st, by the way. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. So... I just got frustrated watching all this. Why can't we organize and get in a better situation to revitalize in our downtown? It's just like there's – you got the potential. You got the area. You got 
now the alcohol thing on your side. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing going on down here. So Joe Gay, my buddy Joe, mm-hmm. whom everybody's got to know pretty well. I mean, we're, we're basically like brothers. <clears throat> Joe and I got to talking about it. He pulled me up one night. He said, why can't we take that big furniture store? Because they own the whole block. And if we buy the furniture store, we get the whole block. I said, why can't we take that? and make it into something. And I said, Joe, let me tell you what, that is a brilliant idea, and here's why. Because it butts up to the Festival Plaza area. Mm-hmm. I said, this piece of property right here is key. If it is for sale, we need to jump on that. Mm-hmm. And so he got the ball rolling. He jumped in both feet forward and went to talking to the people that had it. <clears throat> and so there was a couple other people that were involved that looked at buying. But come to find out, we had like a inside connection and we knew the people per- on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And so we pulled them aside and told them what we wanted to do with it. Because mm-hmm. their concern was if they sold it, what would happen to the building? They, mm-hmm. didn't, they didn't want to see it lose its historical significance. Or somebody and, let it dilapidate yes. and fall yeah, apart. And it just right. sit here and become nothing. Right. Uh, but once we explained to them what we were going to do, they got excited about it as well. And we brought them back a couple of times to be able to see the renovations and stuff on the inside. But so we sat down with his brother, Justin, and the three of us had a meeting one night and we both, we all just decided, okay, this is how this is going to work. We're going to jump in both feet forward. Everybody has their role to make this work. And here we went. Now it was, I admit it was all exciting in the first month. And confusing and, as hell. Oh, it was. <laughs> because uh, we knew what we wanted to do. We knew how we were going to get there. It's just getting there was a problem. Uh, and then let's roll two months into that. This is January of 2020. Do you remember what happened in March of 2020? Mm-hmm. COVID hit. Yep. And we had all these grand plans and all this movement, and we were already starting to look at events that we were starting to plan and weddings and things like that, like for late summer, because we knew when our renovations were going to stop. But unfortunately, COVID come in and it pretty much derailed every bit of that. Mm. I mean, it sidelined us, slowed us down because then you couldn't get things you needed. You couldn't, you know, businesses were slowing down. Yep. City Hall was pretty much shutting down, which they were amazing and working with us from their home. And Plus, with your job, job, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. the, the personnel issues around well, that. Because Joe and back, Justin. Yeah, yeah, back in the beginning, if you were just exposed, right. well, gosh, you had to be yep. off for... Yep. Yeah. So, you ready for the cool part of this? This yeah. is how we made this happen. Justin and Joe both work at FedEx, right? Yep. So, they're tied up early in the morning, sometimes late in the day. If they got a driver call in, they've got to cover that route. So, they're... Busy. Yeah, Justin came by my house the other yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Me, I'm on the force, so I'm busy during the day in the streets. So, when we're not at work, the three of us, we were here. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's late at night, early in the morning, whatever the case. And that's how working. I got so involved because, I mean, I'm... You didn't come in here with a whole lot of money hiring nope. crews to get nope. stuff done. It's sweat equity. You've been yeah. up in here drilling sweat holes equity. and Have hanging. Have you heard up. the story of our first five employees? Mm-mm. They were all from right over here at the Salvation Army. Really? Joe went over and found five homeless people that needed work, and we brought them all in. Now, wow. two of those five stayed with us up until earlier, late 21? Yeah, yeah, Sheldon December. was here for a long time. Yeah. Even after he yep. rode on Wilson. <laughs> that was a funny story. But uh, we kept those guys in, and they came in every morning and helped us with the labor and getting things done and staying on top of it. And, you know, we would assign projects, and they would be able to finish those. Uh, wow. It was Joe would teach them skills 
if they didn't know how to do something, he taught them how to do it. He taught them how to use the saws and the blades. Yeah, and he's, all. I mean, yeah, hammers. he's teaching wow. me how to use the uh, the acrylic to make these yeah. tables. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, wow. I want to make one that lights up for yeah. us. When you oh, walk cool. through this building, and just remember, when you see it personally, 95% of the things you've seen done in this building have been done by all of us personally, mm -hmm. mostly Joe. Wow. All right. The Joe floors, was, the staining the yes. concrete, the carpeting. We got to a point with this where Justin, our our third my third partner in this, said, Look, let me handle FedEx. Mm -hmm. Joe, you go hundred percent in on the building and start I mean, labor. Mm -hmm. And so Joe was pretty much camped out here twenty three out of twenty four hours of the day, either sleeping, eating, or working on projects. And you know? still is a lot. I mean yeah, there's still here a lot, yeah, but not as still much. A lot but going on. He's got more of a life now. But Getting all this stuff done, and uh, there's a video, Jed Harrelson, a local guy that does music and stuff like mm -hmm. this, he's got a music video that he recorded in this very room. If you can find it on his Facebook, go look at it, because it was before all these renovations was done. It was just the wooden floors and junk stacked in this room right here everywhere. And wow. I, I saw it the other day, and I thought, oh, man. We got. We need to get a hold of that video for no other reason than to show people the changes and, that went on. Yeah, and get a screen yeah. cap. Black yeah. and white, put it on yeah. the wall. Wow. So we jumped into this thing full forward and trying to figure out we wanted a event venue downtown mm -hmm. that we could host whatever the city couldn't host. You know, back then, RailFest was all city-sponsored, city-done stuff. Yep. And the city got to where they weren't able to do any of that anymore. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a person there in charge to handle it, forward it. I don't know if the money uh, when it, that <laughs> At first, it was cool, but when it went from Gap to Town Square, that's when everything got screwed up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it, it, yep. but now that this is down here though, I mean, you've been bringing in shows. Um, what, what I see is for years, we all sat around and said, woulda, shoulda, coulda, you know, somebody yep. should do this. Somebody should do that. Mm -hmm. They, somebody, anybody, well, da, 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 da. by you guys jumping in, I, I, to me, it's like the tipping the dominoes, you know I mean? Once you came down here and actually started doing it, then the people that thought, well, you know, I'll put some money in that if somebody, they thought, okay, let's do it. And so now, and the city, thanks to Texarkana, Arkansas, these new LED lights they yep. had out here on the streets, yep. it's like, uh, oh, there's more coming. I mean, yeah. it's lit it's so up at nice night, and, and it's, it's something One of the things here. that I've kind of been working with on the cities from day one is that we've got to take advantage of this Festival Plaza area that we have down here. Yes. And the way it's set up, it needs improvement. Mm -hmm. We need to be able to – we've brought in a, a couple of uh, booking people from Nashville, Tennessee, that deal with major national art acts mm -hmm. and said, what can we do to make this thing better? What, what are we going to be able to do? And they pointed out, okay, first thing you need to do is you need to cover a stage. They said for a lot of these acts to come out here and want to play on the stage, it's got to be covered. It's got to keep these this millions of dollars. Well, of you remember the Eastern Corbin? The we had to we had to bring in a stage from yes. from Little Rock. I remember yep. that. There, and what was, was the cost on that? It, we spent like fifteen grand yeah, on all the right. site on sight and sound equipment. Yeah. Yeah. See, we can't do that every time. No, no, yeah. that's going to get expensive. Mm -hmm. So. Now we're looking at putting this stage up out here. The city's talking about covering it, and it's not another with a permanent structure. Once that's done, that's going to be nice because then anybody can use not just us using it for national acts, but anybody that's having a festival or an event, now you've got a covered place to host your entertainment or your ideas or your, your whatever you're going to do. I am so for abandoning Front Street for that, that purpose. Thank you, Cause because it, that's what I'm pushing for too. Are you? Well, it's just... I want to see the asphalt come out and the grass let, go down. Let me ask you, because, I mean, 
it seems to me that really the only people that are using, say from um, from by state down, the only people that are using it are the police. The police and the railroad. Yeah. And then the railroad can easily have yeah. access to it without. Sure, sure. They can have the a key to any gate. We can give the police department can give it up. We can use Broad Street. It's not going to hurt us to come out here on Broad and go around. I mean, that's yeah. you're, that's no big deal. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's one of the conversations I've had. If is, if that was closed off, man, you could fence. This would be just as big as so the nice. bigger 20, than the midway. Twenty thousand people. Yeah, it, it'd be as really? big as the, it'd be as big wow. as the midway out at the fairgrounds. Yep. that'd be really nice. It really yep. would. Yep. And bigger. then you've got those utilities out there that the city yes. put in so many years ago. Yes. So there's, years ago. There's a lot of electric out there. All those years ago with the Eastern Corbin and how weirdly y'all blocked off the area. Yep. I always thought that was weird when you block off the area right there because you have to cover such weird spots. How many was that? That was a lot of people. Yeah, well, there yeah, I remember thousands. between 3,500 and 4,000 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there's thousands out here. Yeah. Because uh, that's one of the things that we talked to them about when he talked about coming back the last time. What was the number he had when he played here? But you know, he had a bunch of hits at the time. Too. Yeah, he that's radio. when. Yeah, he was. He was popular. To, he was really popular. Had a few things on the radio, a little more country than that. And, yep. And, 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 and I mean, he's still performing, still putting out music. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's it, he's a great show to have here. But a lot of good shows have been coming through. So what's here. the other thing we need downtown? I'd like to me. You asking me? I'd like to see a nice cream shop a what ice cream yeah ice cream yep not liquor i mean i get the the you know for somebody trying to make money and spending money to get it going you know the bar business can make you a little bit of profit pretty quick but i'd like to see you remember the old wellworth store over here yep. people would come in and get we'd get ice cream cones over there i think the when uh, i was a little kid that owns zapatas bought that did they what my understanding is oh, i'd wow. like to see them do but that's what i'd like to see a malt shop uh think about it here in Texarkana, we don't even have a baskin robbins man no you have to go to what stone no. cold or somewhere like that. yeah you got to go yeah, get you yeah, yeah stone, you got to go get you a small ice cream for six bucks yeah but it's on the other side of town yeah it is all and the way they got the, the folding you know they've got the neat and gourmet I, ice cream but man that's high one of the things that i've always done and mcdonald's never works yeah so <laughs> since i have been in Texarkana, i have lived in arkansas mm -hmm. i've never lived on the texas side i have tried to spend most of my money in arkansas so when I do my shopping and things like that, I try to keep it on this side of town. And that's been the goal of Cross Ties since we invested with the city of Arkansas is to make it an Arkansas draw venue. Texas has got a lot of stuff going on over there for them. They've got retail. They've got the businesses over there around the mall. That they're now working on out there toward uh, Pleasant Grove Road. It's, they're extending roads mm -hmm. out there now. Oh, yeah, even as out there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got widely weird. everything's moving out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, what does Arkansas got? It doesn't have anything. So this is a potential for Arkansas to have something and grow around it. Uh, there's room here for us to grow. There's plenty of space. There's plenty of lots. There's plenty of room to put things down here. Here's the problem, and I, uh, I do. I blame you and Joe a little bit on this. Mm -hmm. You guys are doing so good, and everything looks so nice down here that everybody said, man, my $20,000 building now costs 100 I doubt it. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Go over there to the it. Texas side. I'm telling you, you got I, buildings I, falling yes. apart. They're like, oh, yes. oh no, I need 300000 They legit did raise the price. Yeah. I, I've been checking. Yeah, <laughs> we may have, but here's the thing. We need people to jump on this and invest. We need partners down I here. want you folks living out there north of I-30, owning this property downtown. I'd just like to address this real quick. Um, quit it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why you know they're north of i-30 they're like oh i got a bar up here i don't really want to 
sell my building down there for competition. This is a different atmosphere than yes, north of I-30. I mean, that's it's, that's its own thing. The way I look at it is like Austin 6th Street. If you that's think the goal. That's the so okay. That's the goal. So and look at El Dorado. Austin Sixth Street. A lot of people like only know at the bar area, but if you just go during Austin Sixth Street during the day, there's they're still open, and there's yep. other shops like ice cream shops, restaurants, convenience yep. stores that have like you know I want to build up where where's Tetricana where you like you buy all the novelty Tetricana stuff. Yep. You know like you go or uh, I say Austin, but also Nashville, Tennessee. Same way. Sure, sure. It's I'd a like great to see example. a store. I mean, you just said novelty. This is something I thought about in the past, and I'm gonna put this. I'm probably gonna lose my idea to somebody, but I don't care if somebody's gonna okay. do this. Yeah, come on down. But what if we had a store down here that not only supported Texarkana, but what if it supported like our Texarkana heroes, our football players that have went to the NFL, our baseball players that have played in the MLB? I always and, feel like we had something like that, but it always falls apart. Like I feel like we have a Texarkana history thing here. Where is it at? Do we not have a history thing? Well, we did. That's a Del Giorno thing, and he's more about himself than oh, okay. anybody else. Because I've heard, like, I'm right there with you, but I keep hearing about it. I was like, I've never been to it. I'm going to go buy a Will Millerbrooks jersey or a Rod Smith jersey. Oh, Where do Rod I do Smith. that? Right. Where do I do that? Mm-hmm. Other than ordering off Amazon. If I come to Texarkana and I'm hearing support of what Texarkana has had in the past. I think that's a great idea. You know, you remember, wide receiver Hamilton oh, to play for Arkansas. You know, where can I buy his jersey? Yeah, years ago, like on the corner of Ninth and and Sixty Seven down there, there was a Arkansas souvenir. That's yeah. what I'm saying. There was like, yeah, there, there's ago, always been. Yeah, and they um, had tons Five, of stuff ten like years that. ago, maybe. Oh no, it was longer than for me. No, yes. they had one. No, they had one by. Um, what is that restaurant? The Old Joe's Pizza. They, they had a little okay novelty. Play, not novelty, but you can buy like historical Texas souvenir, stuff, stuff, souvenir yeah. stuff. Yeah, then it just went away. I just think that I would like to have seen that railroad car become a ice cream car. I think that's. I liked it as the brunch spot. If we could encourage more brunch spots, you know. Mm. I don't. But here's the thing. I think you know what? There aren't any bad ideas down tell you, here. Though I think all these ideas are great. Yeah, but mm-hmm. we need something else big that's going to bring people downtown because i think if i'm in pleasant grove i'm not driving downtown to go eat ice cream mm-hmm. you know what i mean they need they've got to have another reason to come downtown they got to have that something well, else that's, that's going to pull them down here that's why i like um well you and the guys and miss Rayleigh here you, you know like when the weather gets warmer you'll have bounce houses out there you know you'll have mm-hmm. that set up you'll have food vendors around and that's like just during a saturday it's just like in the middle of the day going on well one of the things like you talked about with the sixth street area one of, that mm-hmm. we're looking forward to doing with not just the stage but the city is looking at shutting this street down out here mm-hmm. in front of cross ties broad street on saturday fridays and saturdays setting up actually solid barricades where you can drive every, like, every weekend yes. in six, they're yes. always shut down at night. yes yeah they do that on bill street in memphis yes. too so so yes. like um just like in the evening, walking traffic only. Yeah, from say yeah. five o'clock in the evening till two in the morning. You encourage and all day Saturday. Yeah, you set up your vendors out here. You you set up your food trucks and you got Nashville, a place. Tennessee does it. Yeah, you got live music outside. You got concerts going on inside at night. Gets people a you walking know, atmosphere. This is how you create a South by Southwest. And Les will right you go. Les will tell you. I, I I spend a lot of time downtown. A lot of time downtown. Um, I've had my truck broken into at the mall at Sam's 
Um, and at Cavenders one time. I ain't never had a problem down here. I don't I don't believe in the hype of like everybody always like to point out areas like, oh, it's bad crime. And it's like crime happens in a lot everywhere, of areas. Everywhere, but, but you, I, I'm just saying my personal can... experience, I've never had any issues down here. It's always been safe, well lit. You remember um, back, uh, was it about two months ago, when the deal that happened at Zapata's? Well, yeah, and I'm, yeah, I'm saying yeah, I've heard okay. of things. Nothing's well, guess, ever. Well, guess what? How long ago was it when they had the one at Silverstar? Yeah. yeah. How <laughs> often do you do we the get calls at the mall? The mall happens Chuck e. all the time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, you can you can't blame crime or any of that nature as being a reason not to come downtown. I'm sorry, it's just not here. It's not our call volume in the downtown area is nothing like it is in the rest of the city. No, mm-hmm. it's it, it's not. Now let's uh, so we've talked about downtown. We talked a little bit about your family life, and and I want to talk a little bit about our community policing our community we've seen everywhere um crime rates are rising they they go up here as well um what what initiatives are the let's say just texarkana arkansas police department working on besides pride and and things like that to maybe reach the children to educate or get ahead of the hound so we've got to we've got to come in and, and on a not just a local level, but a national level. We've got to defeat this narrative that police are just evil. I'm, I'm sorry, but it's just not true. Yeah, there's a few bad apples, just like there is in any any kind of profession you see. Things happen. You know well, what? Sure, there's good gangsters, think, you know, too. I mean, You know what? If, if you've got a problem or anybody has a problem with an officer, call us. Mm-hmm. I promise you we will hold that person responsible. I mm-hmm. think when it comes to there's a big disconnection of cultures. Police is a culture. Black is a culture. White is a culture. And we have to like acknowledge these are cultures. You're going to be raised in a culture, and some cultures are pitted against each other. Now, why they're pitted against each other, I'm not the expert to really answer that. But I just can tell there's been pitted against each other. And it's like me and Jeff has talked before. We've had our issues with police where we were innocent, but we've had issues. You know, I personally had some. But I don't, I'm not out there just saying after police or feeling a certain way. I understand this disconnection. Now, the disconnection definitely hurts me. One person has a gun, another person, uh, I don't, you know. But I do understand, like we were talking about the bad apples. Mm-hmm. We have to change that narrative within. And what people say defund the police, they want to change the, in, I would say kind of the infrastructure or the industry that's going on with it. It's too easy for police to become corrupt. Yeah, but the people that are jumping on that, they're just jumping on the defund the police, and they don't well, have they don't know any more about it media than, activist, than right? anybody else. They're just anti-police. Okay. So and, and let, I don't, let me throw something at you here. Going back to your original question, mm-hmm. based on what you two just said, mm-hmm. the defund the police movement has worked. You know, do people realize that that it's worked? Well, it's increased crime. But it's, not only that, mm-hmm. but. I think, and don't quote me and hold me to an exact number right now, but I think we're between 10 to 13 positions short in Texas County, Arkansas. Right yeah, now. you okay. need officers. So I, does Texas. I know, that's what I say. I know Texas is about the same. Mm-hmm. Okay, What the narrative has created is the inability now to retain and hire new officers. Mm. Okay, Let's back up 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. 25 years ago when I first came into this field, there would be 100-plus people in line to take that civil service test. You're right. Wow. You know how many you got now? Zero. Wow. We had four applicants that we scrounged together back in March to come in and take that test. And I don't know where they are in the hiring process, 
I, they may have all washed out by now. I don't know. I don't, I don't have that information. But not just with Texarkana, Arkansas, is that a problem. That's every police department in the nation right now. I don't care how big or how small you are. you got places wow. like Seattle that is more than 500 short. That's and why I can't be I a politician. Okay. So the defund the police movement is mm-hmm. having its long-term Term effect. Effects. Yes. So that answers your brings your question back to why is our crime stuff going up the way it is? Because you don't have the officers out there working the streets like you used to. You don't have the volume of officers being seen and be able to handle calls and respond to things as quickly as you used to. Mm-hmm. That is coming down and slowing down. And I will say this. If something doesn't change drastically in the next five years or so, we're going to find ourselves in a very bad spot. Well, I think that's, that's why people screamed defund the police, but they wasn't saying let's fix these. Im- let's fix the relationships. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's a disconnection between them because like well, it, me as a black, you know, black re- kid, refund, black man. refund the police or re, uh, well, you no. know, reorganize well, the police. It doesn't have the same. <clears throat> I will say this. Defund. Do we need police reform? Absolutely. Well, sure. From the well, top it's to the a, bottom. Like, but, there's a disconnection, like, for me being a black man, always been raised, not, I wasn't raised up, my parents wasn't like, didn't raise me to be like that, but just, in just the general of the culture was just like, you see a policeman, be on the defense. And vice versa, I've seen policemen just, I've had some nice ones, but I've had the policemen just kind of like, hand on gun, I'm like, why, why are you like that? Why well, are you, you defensive? You used to have dreadlocks. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> you think it's that way because you're a black man, and that was kind of the narrative that you've been taught to think. Mm-hmm. Law enforcement are taught to think that every vehicle they walk up on or every person they walk up on is getting ready to kill them. Yeah, and it, don't matter if it doesn't see, matter if you're brown, you're black, you're that's white. That's why they touch. And I think they'll, they'll put their handprint on the back of the car yeah. before they even know who they're talking to. But see, that's why I think, and I've seen like where they've approached other people and it's been nicer. And it's little things that you pick up and you notice. Okay. And then at the same time, I've been approached nicer, but I've also been approached aggressive. Okay. So then you want to talk about it? I don't yeah. mind talking about it. Oh, what are about. the circumstances in which you were approached on both of those? Because that's a lot of time dictates what their mindset is when they're walking up on you. All right, If they're making a traffic stop, they have no idea who's in that vehicle, what their mindset is, what they thought. Because for all we know, the person driving that car just committed a murder and there's a body in the back of it. We don't know any different. You know, you're walking up on a simple traffic violation. You have no clue who that person is or what mindset they're going to take to you. When they walk up to you in a nice presence, what circumstances and what atmosphere are they walking up onto you? Because if you see me out here at a festival, I'm probably going to be very laid back, very nice. I'm just trying to communicate you're with you, to talk to you. Hey, we're all Get to know along. the public. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it. that I've has a it. lot to do with it. In That's why scenario. I challenge people all the time. Come get in the car with me. I'll tell you this, along those same lines, these officers that walk up to a car, how are you, sir? You know, uh, you know, hate, hate mm-hmm. that I had to pull you over. These are the ones that are getting shot and killed. Mm-hmm. The officers that might have a gun drawn 20 or, feet or, off the car, see, they're not getting shot and killed by and, these drivers. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. No, 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 yeah. I'm not disagreeing. Like, I'll give a scenario like it had to be Sorry. like 10, 12 years ago. <clears throat> My car was like on two flats. It was some crazy, and I was parked at the TC parking lot. Okay. My friends were, were just right there, and police were checking us on the hour because they were right there. They were nice, right? Mm-hmm. Police were, oh yeah, you can stay here all night, whatever mm-hmm. else, until because it was just late and we couldn't get yep. help for a while. One police officer, it was in the middle of the time, not too late. He came there and he was already like unclipped kind of his gun, and I'm just like, "Yo, we've already talked to the police." Well, I'm not him, and I'm just like. 
we're kind of like freaking out like all the other ones have been chill yep. then he's just like well i'm gonna be back he never came back but the other police officer completely fine and it was later i'm like what is ha- what happened there like we were legit like what's got to happen to us the yeah. hardest thing to have people understand and this is why i always challenge mm-hmm. them to come get in the car with me because when you put yourself even getting in the passenger seat and sitting next to me through a shift you're going to see people look at you differently. I want you to you're do going it. to see people differently from a perspective from my standpoint. I want you to do a ride along, Jesse. I oh, have man. no reason to ever. I'm not. A, no, you up. should. I have no reason to do, go in there. It's not like I'm right there saying I'm against the police. No, 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 that's no, not no, what no. I'm saying. No, I don't no. Just no. just for the the perspective that you get. Listen. Arkansas side has had this uh, uh, Citizens Police Academy mm-hmm. for a number of years. Texas side started doing what they called the policing experience. Was like I remember the, that you've mentioned it I to the friend. nth degree. I got shot mm-hmm. and killed on my mock I'm not, traffic stop. I'm not taking away anything a police officer has to do. I know a bunch of crazy things. That's why I'm not. But but it really it, and this again. What I'm getting at here, yeah. though, is you know I've trained law enforcement, military, mm-hmm. all this stuff in hand to hand combat. So I thought. You know, I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. to a certain degree. But when I got in there, I realized just how much I did not know. Because of going on. Yeah, because they it's very realistic. You know, mm-hmm. uh, somebody jumps out of their pickup truck, you know, on your traffic stop, and I go to draw my gun. He's just got his insurance papers, and I just killed an innocent man. Mm-hmm. These things, they run them through these scenarios. That's what I'm saying. These officers that we have here in Texarkana are trained – to a level like no other mm-hmm. uh, in our region. And that's a proven fact. You can go look at our training hours and yeah, see look what at, that. For the like, Texas side, I can, I'm not sure. I, I really can't Arkansas had 10,000-plus training hours last year. Yeah, alone. And, and the Texas like, side, they've got uh, officers from Longview, Tyler, mm-hmm. uh, coming to Texarkana to learn how to deal with these yep. you know, things. So it's. See, I think we're very lucky see, here. That's why I'm like, I'm not disagreeing. No, like, I, I understand this, well, I understand really what you deal with because, like, crime's not going to stop because you defund the police. Can can I flip the script on you a little bit? Oh, what's up? My son, mm-hmm. he's mixed. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, he's black, he's Hispanic. I often ask myself, how would he feel sitting in your shoes in that car? Mm. All right? I want to understand gives- how you feel. Because I'm raising it now, a ten-year-old that's mm-hmm. fixing to be going out into the world, and going to have life. to deal with a lot the of stereotyping. That. For me, the way I look at it was like every time that I was more, the majority of the time when I was safe in this area was when if a police officer knew me, I was good. If a police officer even just looked at my outfits and my body language, I was good. But if a police officer just kind of just like looked at me as like, this is a guy, I'm on guard. You know, if he didn't analyze me enough. You know, it could escalate. Like he was rude. He was right there. I'm just like, hey, I'm being nice. I'm hey, right I'm, there. I'm he was not. just, and I, you know, and it just came off like that. Versus like with my wife, she's a white woman. It was always more polite. Like I have never seen a time where they were just like, when they saw her, they were just mad at her. I think it's just a woman thing. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, well I mean, she's kind of no, cute no, too, man. I mean, look at you. Well, well, I say white and woman, yeah. not to discredit and put one on the other. Right. It was just the fact of like. You know, I let's get stand y'all together, though, man. You got cute and ugly. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not disagreeing with that, but hey, if you're charging up ugly, I'm sorry. It's you. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. I can't yeah. get cute you, enough you, for you. Yeah, if they're charging, <laughs> they're charging ugly. 
I'm more worried. Jesse's going to do time. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more worried about just like when police officers knew me. That's why I feel like there needs to be more of, there need to be more stuff where police can do things like play basketball with kids. Yes. Because once you understand that person, it just melts away. Because like I've, I had issue where I wasn't supposed to be in jail, and like police are like, "You're not supposed to be in here." And they, they, a, they looked at me know, strange, and they found out the situation. Like, "Oh, this is a mistake. We'll, yeah. we'll handle it." And it was became down um, to just knowing me. You know, I agree. The um, uh, gosh, I was involved with it in Longview. They have a, uh, a police athletic league, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, maybe something like that. I always, always want to throw an event, but nobody. I liked will, my I will name. tell you this: one of the things that we're trying to work on here mm-hmm. is. The, the Washington 4 race school. Yeah. Over mm-hmm. on Marietta Street. You know, mm-hmm. it got bought. Yeah, we had uh, uh, Derek Keener okay, came in and talked, about, talked it. about that. Yeah. We're involved in that. So we're over there with those kids that are coming in there. The mm-hmm. rec center downtown that's mm-hmm. been reopened by the city. Yes. We're involved in that as well. So anywhere we can get out and be interactive with people, I don't care what your race is or whether mm-hmm. it be white or black or whatever, we're trying to do that. We're trying mm-hmm. to build, break down those, those walls that have existed for so long, like you're talking about, where... We get to know people, and not only that, but these officers get to know people. And that they I feel that helps. Did you? Uh, you know him as people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like now, you know he's just not like a stereotype guy. Like oh, he's just like oh, that's Jesse. Oh, that's Jeff. Right. Oh, that's Les. You know. I'll tell you about Les. I, I the way Les gets involved, talks to these kids, and and uh, do you remember Mike Rostland? Yeah, yeah. He was get, gone before I got here, but I know officer he is. friendly. Known him since I was a little boy, man. Was influential in in my upbringing, and and it, uh, you know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. just I, I see you having that type of effect on people too. You know, these kids and youngsters. I try to do it with everybody, and my wife used to tell me, even my mom used to tell me, I had this lack of smile. I had to learn to smile. <laughs> Is your that meme a thing? that you have of yourself I'm not doesn't help. <laughs> I'm not the mean. meme. The meme, yeah, like where you have your quote in your picture, makes you look mean. <laughs> Like you're right there and you're just looking. At you can see the sun is in your eyes and you're not trying to frown, but the sun's in your yeah. eyes. I was like, yes. he should find a better picture because yeah. that's not the picture you want to post yeah. for you with your you know, quote. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a great quote, but I'm like, he looks so mad. Well, that picture was out at the fairgrounds mm-hmm. and uh, I think John Butek took that picture. And I'm standing in a position where I'm looking. I'm, you're, you're right. The sun was in this, my eyes and I'm squinting. But I always like that profile picture because it it shows... To, in my opinion, it yeah. shows that on point thought of a little bit of sadness mixed with oh, okay. No matter what, no, no matter what, I'm still going to take care of business. I can't do profiles. Like Nobody's got lenses that big. But <laughs> you contacted me before we get out because, and we'll, we're going to have to come back because there's so much more to less. That's and, true. And, it was a good conversation. And again, what we're doing with Texarkana Talks is an idea that is, if something comes up in the community, now we've got a panel. We, we've got uh, Les, we've got Cody, we've got Roger, Derek, Roger. We've got all these people Darlene. that we can all come, Darlene, we've got all these folks that mm-hmm. can come together and, and let's have a legitimate real conversation mm-hmm. on these topics yep. and anybody so, knows my facebook knows i love asking questions or as oh, they you, call it i love stirring the pot yeah you love instigating i love asking the real questions of real reporting <laughs> so is there anything you want to ask me that's on the bottom of your mind that you just really have to get out there oh, since you good, oh i'm about question. to ask this one yeah, so go on. you mentioned talking about you're raising a mixed child mm-hmm. you know hispanic black mm-hmm. 
do you look at it? Are you raising him? Do you feel? How do you feel about the culture you're raising him in? Because you're not part of that culture. No, I'm not. But do you feel he should be part of that culture? I want him. About two years ago, mm-hmm. it started hitting him that he didn't look like me. Oh, he, the self-realization. Okay. He starts asking questions. Mm-hmm. Every opportunity I get, I want him to know what his background is, where he came from, who at some point in time, who his biological parents are, if should they choose to want to say, hey, yeah, this, no, is, yeah, this is me, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want him to know anything he wants to know about where he came from. Now, I've raised him in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to a private school. He gets a Christian education. And he has the opportunity to ask me anything he wants anytime. And believe me, he asks me some questions sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he's only 10, so he hasn't really looked at himself compared to the rest of the world mm-hmm. yet. So when we get to that point, he's absolutely going to be having the opportunity to look into whatever he wants to. I now, I thought it was going to come up when we started talking about getting haircuts. Because his hair is different. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Now, daddy doesn't have any yeah. hair, so that's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. So, And uh, I've had talked to a few different barbers that are African-American about cutting Oh, his looking hair. at the hair. Yeah, so how, do, how do we go about doing this? Mm-hmm. And uh, so luckily right now, he's, he just wants to keep it short. Okay. So we haven't, but those conversations are going to be had. At some mm-hmm. point. We're going to have to have those. I like that. I'm not going to hide anything from him. My wife and I have already done that. Because when he started talking about how he looked different, then the first thing he thought of was, well, Somebody said I'm adopted. One of the other kids at school said something to him about it. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget where I was at when I happened. I was at the fairgrounds working. Mm-hmm. They're in a fair. Mm-hmm. And my wife had just left the fair with him and calls me. And I walked out of the fairgrounds. And we went across the street. Mm-hmm. And I sat in the car with him and had the conversation about, yes, you are adopted. All right. And this, what questions do you have? Mm-hmm. I didn't expect to do that yet. Yeah. But he was, uh, what let's see, he's 10 now. I think he was 7 when that happened. Mm-hmm. So what we've done to celebrate that is he has his biological birthday and he has his adoption day birthday. So he gets to have two birthdays a year. Oh, that's awesome. Right on. And so when June rolls around, June the 14th, that is his second birthday. Mm-hmm. So he gets to experience that birthday as well. Y'all, y'all want to adopt a white-haired boy? <laughs> use use a couple I, birthdays. What I try to do with his secondary adoption birthday is make it something more of an experience, not necessarily the birthday itself. Mm-hmm. He gets to do that with all of his friends where they bring presents and do the birthday cake mm-hmm. and this and other. And you're talking about that business adventure thing there. But when we roll around to June, it's an experience for him. Like mm-hmm. this year, my goal is if gas prices don't nick this in the rear end, we're going to get an RV. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go to the Four Corners, which is where the four states that meet. I think it's Arizona, New Mexico, or something mm-hmm. out yeah, there. Yeah. He wants to go to Yellowstone. He wants to go see um, Mount Rushmore and a few other places. So we're going to spend like three weeks in an RV just driving. And he's 10. He's 10. Wow. That is so, incredible. But, but yeah, because he's, he's, he's picking some real. Yeah, yeah, he is. Well, since then, he's interested in Alcatraz. So he's asked me about going to San Francisco. So this trip's getting longer and wider. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, so it's going to be us and his two dogs. He's got two little ankle biters, as I call them. <laughs> and uh, he's got two guinea pigs. Oh. So he wants an RV big enough that we can put the guinea pigs and the dogs and in and take, take them with Take us. the menagerie wow. with them. Yeah. yeah. So tell wow. us about the uh, – because he did last weekend, Les is like, hey, man, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And it sounds awesome. I can't wait to see it. You may know him. 
Tell us a little bit about uh, Brody's birthday party and the video games. There is a uh, video trailer in town now. A video game a new trailer. one. There's a new yeah. video game trailer yeah. owned by uh, some. Uh, I forget their names. But I forget their names. They used to go to church with me. Uh, she's a pediatrician, and I can't mm-hmm. remember what their names are off the top of my head. I got their business cards, and I forgot the. They brand. always rotate in and out because, like, a couple other people had some video game trailers. Now yeah. there's a new group, and they went down. Downward towards Texas and got this one. Well, Brody had him set up for his birthday party. Yeah, we bought him, and they get, he gets love that. But she's all into anything. It's black owned, right? This is the black owned video game. How, how many? Yes, how, yes. How many games do they? Or how many kids can? Thirty games up uh, to. Yeah, there's like seven TVs. I think seven TVs. I think up to like twenty kids or something. Yeah, it's wow. a really it's a really big video game yeah. trailer. That sounds it's awesome. pretty neat. They did a grand opening thing up at the uh, CVS last week, and that's what yep. I was going to call it. That's what it was. Yes. Yep. And mm-hmm. uh, I want to check it out. Well, I've yeah. told them anytime we have an event at Cross Size, they're more than welcome mm-hmm. to come back here and set up. Oh, yeah. So they're going to look mm-hmm. at doing that. And I think they charge you like 30 something, something real cheap for 30 minutes or an hour mm-hmm. or something. You know? I was actually about to reach out to them for a HypeCon. Well, I've been keeping. Well, I have them all friends. And By the way, HypeCon will be taking place here at Cross Ties. I'm going I want to say this in order. Uh, Jesse's um, Spring Awakening, Spring Awakening, Spring Awakening, Viking, Jefferson, Texas, Viking, Viking Festival, Festival next weekend. And come then, out if you have a chance. Okay. Then HypeCon here. Yeah, May 14th Cross and 15th. In May, so that's that's going to be a lot of fun. We had, uh, did you see the young ladies up here earlier yep. in the concert? Dressed up, yeah. yeah. Oh, I got to add one more. This is like last event till the summer. June fourth, we'll have a wrestling event, and uh, over there, it's, it'll be downtown. Okay. I forget your exact location, but I'm having we'll have an outside wrestling event. So June the fourth. June the fourth. We'll hope it ain't hot by then. Huh? Hope it ain't hot then. No, we got uh, it's it's over there by the TV station awning. Okay, so yeah, over there by KLFI. Yes, okay. yes, that's where it's at. It's at KLFI, and we have the little, it's going to be like a barbecue cook-off wrestling I thing. I, I thought Wes wasn't going to ever do none again. I'm good talking. All right, you go, you go, salesman. <laughs> Why don't you go get us a sponsor? Uh-huh. What? Well, that's coming soon enough. You know, you got to build up to these things. Les, thank you so much hey, for taking hey, time. No you know, it's, hey, it's hard for somebody like you to be able to take an hour plus to yeah, go talk, well, shoot the breeze, and, and, and uh, like I said, we wanted to do it Thursday, but I had a bunch of stuff going on. I ended up having to go to Little Rock Thursday and some other things, but we got back here. But uh, you got anything else? Nah, I'm yeah. open for the tough questions, man. Oh, nah. okay, yeah, I go ahead. I, if you I, got, no, I thought I laid out tough questions yeah. and everything. Listen, <laughs> you answered it whenever it was like I had there's a tough question a, for Roger, and he knocked it out of the park. There's not a racist bone in your body. No, if um, you take the time to want to acknowledge and research. And try and understand something that clearly you don't understand. That's when you know, right? What I know because most people just rule it off like, "Oh, there's no such thing." Like you know, like maybe there's something since it means that much to so you, many people. What I know about Mister Mister Mun before you before you get on social media and you start how do I say this nice? You <laughs> almost went to a cheers and jeers mode there for a minute. Oh no, um, you know. You can't, uh, I'm going to say he is an asset to our community. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't take Mr. Munn and make him a bad guy. You just can't do it. People may try. Well, I'll say it has been tried. But, uh, and that's, yeah. this is what I wanted to get at. You, you, you can see somebody try to dog him on, like, Facebook or something. Jeez, man, this community comes out like pit bulls on crack. They, they, well, they will defend this man to the end. I, I've seen, and the there's comments. a reason for that. I'll read the comments. I have to get to know. That's why I was like, had some stories from the comments. Yeah. Like, wow. Well, it's because he's one of those that that 
actions speak louder than words and he's been putting these actions on these streets for years now paying it forward every day is, seems so draining like, but i just but now here here's my last that. question for you with everything going on are you tempted to retire earlier than you planned no you got four years left right i got four years left okay so you're, you're going to stick with it. I've got to finish out these four years. Um, that was the, the deal that I had with myself. Now, there's been talks. I've talked about it in the past. I've looked at it, especially when things got busy down here. I felt overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. You know, stuck with them to keep things going on both ends, this and that. You know, since Rayleigh come in, that took a big stress off of me. Mm -hmm. But, no, uh, you know, and I, I like Rayleigh. She thinks I'm cute. Yeah. The biggest... <laughs> 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 the, I think going back to me as a person and who I am, everything I've always done has been from right here. It's, mm -hmm. it's just my grandfather served in World War II, and him, my dad, all those people, they work every day. Mm -hmm. Even now my dad's 70 years old, and he's, he gets up early in the morning, and he works hard every day. And I have always felt that need to, to serve, to push things forward. And I think as long as we are where we at in law enforcement right now and anything I can bring to the table is still contributing, I'm going to do that. Uh, I want people to see that the narrative that is being pushed out there is not who we really are. Yeah, don't let the politics. So I've, I've been singing this song since before all of this came about. Now, you go back far enough in my social media, you'll look there, you know, back to 2012 or way back in before all this defund the police stuff was going on. Mm -hmm. That's always been my song. And not from, not really even so much from a police standpoint, but just from a human being standpoint. If I'm driving down the road and I see a situation that I can pull over and help somebody, I don't care who they are, what color they are, what, what their problem is. If I can help them, I'm going to help them. That's who we are supposed to be as a people. Well, that's, right. that's what country, I've always seen from and, you. And I'll be honest, right now, if I could strap on a gun and go to Ukraine, I'd go. I'd go in a heartbeat. And I've looked at that situation every day in the news, and just it, it, it frustrates me that our country has the means to probably stop a lot of the killing over there, and they won't do it. No, you no, know, there ain't no money that, off that. That mindset, for me, is how I live every day. You know, I coach my kids' baseball teams because we don't have any other coaches available to do it. I don't know squat about a lot of the things that I'm coaching. You know, when it comes to baseball and it comes to basketball, I'm not a basketball coach. I've watched a little bit of it. You know, when you dribble down and you shoot and you score, that's about it. When you get into the dynamics of like a pick and roll and things of that nature, I couldn't tell you one end from the other. Mm -hmm. But he wants to play basketball. So I'm going to coach so that it gives you him that opportunity. you care too much with all the stepping up? Do what now? You think you care too much with all the stepping up? You're con like everything you're saying is like you step up to the plate. You Somebody to. has to. I don't think he cares too much. My worry for what for less comes with with the blowback, man. He because well, that's what I'm saying. That he, he's got empathy for people, and 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 empathy. That's a lot of care. Empathy is a whole lot heavier on you than sympathy is. And I will say this: a lot of times, that's where some of these posts come from. It's just that something happens that mm -hmm. you know I get it blown back in my face somehow. Uh, you know, just like uh, we, we're not even good into baseball season yet for the first game, and I've already had a situation come up, and it's just I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, why can't people just do what's right? Mm -hmm. It's not that hard. And uh, you know, I'm in a volunteer situation, mm -hmm. and I'm already getting myself chewed out by somebody. And I'm just, you know, but at the end of the day, I stop and I think, okay, well, this is not for them. This is for Brody. 
All right, Brody wants to play baseball. The only way he can play is if I coach because there's nobody else stepping up to coach. All right, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've taught Brody too was I was driving. I think we were picking him up from school. I don't remember what it was. He done something to get in trouble. And uh, my form of discipline on this situation was we drove over to the ditch between the fairgrounds and U of A over there along the four states. And we picked up trash for an hour. Hmm? That whole thing was littered with trash and it's not another. And he asked me why we did that. And I said, now when we're done, I want you to look at how much better this ditch area looks. We picked up every piece of trash and by the time we got halfway into this, he was like, okay, I get it. And he wanted to pick up more. So we went across the street and he starts picking up trash over there. And you know, to teach him and to show people that the old adage of you don't have to get paid, you don't have to try to have some type of, of reward for doing the things that you do in life. Just do it to help the people. I mean, somebody needs help with something, just help them. I mean, we're all going to need it at some point, in some way, form, or fashion down the road. Why is it so hard for people, well, I'm not getting paid, or I'm not going to give this much time for this. I mean, I hear that a lot with people at work. You know, they don't want to yeah, That's not my job. Extra. Yeah, that's not my job. Oh, right? I hate or, that. You know, I get off at 6 o'clock, I'm going home, or I do this. You know, okay, you know what, I'm just, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'm going to handle it. Yeah. And that's just kind of always been my mindset. You know, I just, it's easier for me a lot of times just to step up and go handle things and get involved and get it done right. than listen to all the yan yan about it. Yeah, you're that's right. just always been my my attitude. What else can we add from from your perspective as a police officer? Anything that you'd like to put out there from that side? We've got to change our mindset, we, and everything's got to change. You know, from the officers to the public in general. Can, can can do you have information, or who would they contact about? Say maybe a ride along, or or even now that the covid is kind of dying off is the um citizens academy coming yep, back it came back it just finished i think oh, okay. or they're about to finish one they started it back in february i think okay because I, I i don't know if the texas side started when theirs yet the, or not so when is the police going to let me do a black and blue event and have police officers play with kids make a whatever you event want to okay well, then. you want police and you're going to call it black and blue yes Yes, for that. Yes, for everything you're thinking about. Yeah, I want to change. Right. Bring your kid up here. I want to change every negative narrative and make it a yes. new narrative. I'm right there. With I want to so, call so what, it black and blue and change that narrative. You're all there. over the place, Jed. What do you want them to wrestle? No, nope. uh, hey, no. Nope. <laughs> we play basketball. Play soccer. You and I will partner and make this happen. All right. I'm. I'm fully. I've been talking about this for years. All right. Well, then let's, I'm fully for it. You better be careful because you're now talking to a man that'll go do it. I mean, look at what like we're I don't sitting. do like I don't do what I say I'm gonna do. Well, yeah, or I, I, did. Guess, I guess you do. <laughs> yeah, you, you and I need to get some details together. And then, yeah. then I'll sit I'm, down with I'm the guy. That, I'll hey, sit listen, down with the guy that makes this happen. If yeah. you'd like to be a part of Texarkana Talks, the podcast, and all the stuff that goes with it, we, we'd love to have you. Contact Jesse at Texarkana Talks at Gmail dot com. Yeah. Anything else? No, nothing else. All right, so we'll we'll be back next yeah. week. Thank you, guys. Thanks.